Hey everyone, and welcome into the Pamela Michelle Show. Of course, I am the one and only Pamela Michelle. Um, today we are going to be talking about mental health with best-selling author Michael Nolte. He's the author of Getting Beyond What Is and also Ease Your Mind and Spirit. Now, I know this topic can be a little bit on a downside sometimes, but the reason why I wanted to do this with you is because I feel if I can just help one person, mental health can be difficult. It is difficult for everybody, not can be, it is. And everybody has their own struggles and everyone goes through it in their own individual way. It's not a pattern for most people. There's different things that you can look for to see if, you know, someone that you love is depressed but each have their own journey. And I just hope that with this conversation with Michael, you guys might learn something from it. And there are things you may take from it. And if you are struggling with your own issues, this might be something that is said in a conversation where you're like, you know what? I can, I can relate to that. And it may help you. And really, that's my hope is to help you. Because for me, when I have been going through this, I'm still a work in progress myself. And my biggest issue wasn't that I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't know how to communicate it. I just felt like every time I tried, the words would just come out wrong. I fought myself all the time on how to communicate to you know my best friend how to communicate to, you know, my significant other, my mom, my dad, anybody in my family. It's really hard to talk about because they love you so much and they just want the best for you and they don't want to see you hurt. So it's, you're beautiful and you're funny, you're smart, you have so much going for you, but you can't communicate how dead you feel inside. There were many days where I would get up in the morning, open my eyes, and just immediately feel this pit in my stomach where I just wanted to cry. And most of the time did before my feet even hit the floor, where the thing that would go through my mind is, how the hell am I getting through today? How can I pretend that I'm all right so no one asks me what's wrong? It's a struggle that I had for a really long time to put on that pretend face and dance throughout the day. So that way I wouldn't tip anybody off. So people wouldn't ask me, hey, you know, what's going on with you? You okay? You all right? The people who know me knew I wasn't, but it was easier for me to put on a show. I did that for a long time. And when I would go to bed at night, I'm not extraordinarily religious, but I would lay there thinking, if there is a God, if you really exist, I need you to just take me. I don't want this pain anymore. I don't want my mind overworking. I don't want to keep feeling the way I feel. If there really is a God, please don't let me wake up in the morning. And in the morning, my eyes would open, the tears would come, and the anxiety would come. Finally, I found the strength in me to get help. I still seek help. There are still days where I'm really not that okay. I have the same insecurities as all of you guys. I don't care how confident you are. I don't give a shit how great you think you are or you try to tell yourself you are that confidence is awesome but everybody has their own type of insecurity for somebody to say they are insecurity free i don't know if that's actually a phrasing but i'm gonna make it one insecurity free they're just lying to you nobody is free from insecurity it creeps up at some point where you wonder am i good enough how the hell am I going to pull this off? You find a way. And that's where my conversation with Michael happens. We're going to talk about all these different things. 
how to rebuild your self-worth, and why are we so conditioned to believe the bad. So I really look forward to giving you this conversation and hopefully you guys dig it because it was really informative and fun for me. So here we go. So hey everyone, I'm back and we are here with Michael Nolte, best-selling author of Getting Beyond What Is an Ease Your Mind and Spirit. I'm really excited to have him on. We're going to talk about a few things going forward about negativity, how to control some of the things that you think are uncontrollable in your life. But first, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I'm delighted to be talking with you today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what exactly inspired you to go in this direction of trying to project such positivity for other people? Um, okay, so I think for me, um, back if I go back to my early years, I don't want to bore all of your um, your listeners with my <laughs> life story, but it's, 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 it is a story of um, triumph over adversity. And I think that's what I try to help other people find in themselves is find that way forward from a difficult time. Right. Uh, regardless of whatever that difficult time is, there is a way forward. And sometimes it's not obvious. And when it's not obvious, we can struggle to um, to, to know where we, how we go for it, how we get over the, what's what I call the what is, because that's the biggest challenge we all have. We face, we look at what is and we assume that's our life. And we don't really know how do I get beyond that, hence the book title, Getting Beyond What mm -hmm. Is, because we're always in a place where our what is is affecting us, whatever that be, whether that's depression, currently it's the coronavirus, um, it could be very different things that are happening in our life, but how do we get beyond that? For myself, um, you know, at, at, you know, in my middle twenties, it's sort of like it ended with me trying to kill myself from a period of long depression uh, from about my early teens, mm -hmm. um, and so it, in my middle twenties, I sort of like it was came to the point where there was no, there was nothing I could, there was no way I could see forward. So the way forward for me was not to exist anymore. So I took the uh, the decision um, to try to kill myself and to end my life, and it didn't work then of course I tried it a second time because I now learned from the first time if I tried it a second time yeah. and it didn't work and um, I learned from that that maybe there is a way forward there's something greater than me than the physical form of me that in their life and so I sent my, my course uh, in life to find out what that was and um, I found great success in life um, in business and um traveled the world and was very successful so at the age of 50 I decided I was going to take what I knew and turn it into something that was more fulfilling for me because I was in a very commercial world and um, and so I decided that I would uh, open my own business I would move to an island off the coast of Africa and it just all went wrong oh my just god all went, all, all went wrong and yeah was, you know a lot a lot a lot of money um and hundreds of thousands of dollars and I was left with really literally nothing I mean literally nothing I had um, you know the bank on my on my calls you know we're going to foreclose on your house yeah uh, and you know my mind literally was overworking I'm with, sure with chaotic with yeah how do I I was trying to find solutions to the problems but I was obviously thinking in the wrong way one morning I woke up with a an idea that I was going to write a book. Um, to me, the idea came from the spirit part of me, the, 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 the I am who is not attached to the, the form of me, my ego and all of those things. Hmm. And, and it was, you, you're going to write a book called Getting Beyond What Is Taking Back Your Life. At that point, I had no idea of how to write a book um, or what a book could tell of. Um, and that was back in 2015. I turned 50 in that year, and at the same time, as coming, you know, through all of that difficulty, I fell back into depression. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was trying to write the book and 
deal with my depression. And you know, the the, the thing with about depression is the fact that there's there's the shame, there's the guilt. Right. That's what the, we talked about before. The, yes. Yeah. There is the 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 isolating of yourself because a part of you, which is your ego, doesn't want to show the world that you're not successful anymore. That you're right. Not we have to show the world that we're in control, that we've got this. Yeah, yeah we've got this, and. You know, and, uh, and and so we we don't really accept where we are. We create this illusion that something, you know, something is happening with ourselves, so we get stuck. And so for me, it was trying to the the idea, the fact that is, I had I felt I had something more to give was right. the starting point for me changing my transformation. And what helped was the fact that is that I had to decondition myself because I had to condition myself to understanding and believing and this was a very ego driven mentality mm. that everything good is happens outside and uh, I needed to change the outside world in order for my inside world to be any sh- any any type of um, um, happiness or mm-hmm. dis- satisfaction and I learned that throughout my entire life because I learned right. the fact that there was nothing good on the inside, so it all had to be on the outside. And so I had to turn the tables on that and say, well, actually, all the good is on the inside. And everything on the outside is temporary. Everything fades. Um, and But what I have on the inside is, is so much more powerful. And if I could just tap into that. So I spent the years really trying to find that inner, inner, inner center, the, the spirit that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, that we all are, that we are right. collective spirits. We all are energy forces vibrating absolutely the world, and we identify ourselves with this material, physical form uh, that we call Michael, we call Pamela, Michelle, and uh, and all our friends. Uh, but we are greater than that, and we are more than that. So my pursuit of that has allowed me to be able to transcend the physicalness of who I am. So that stops away the the disbeliefs, the negativity. Um, and what you thought you knew um, that was wrong and changing your belief system. So it takes you t- it takes a time to to get to that place where right. you now can say, I it doesn't make any difference what people say to me or what they say about me because that is not my that is not how I see myself in, in my own life. And so that led me to um, to, to writing my first and second book and to the third book I'm writing now which is nearly finished is called Becoming You mm-hmm. uh, is you know how do you transcend all of the physical things and um, not allow what's happening in your life to dictate how you feel about it and it's in this situation we face today uh, as, as we as we spoke before the fact that there is a, um, a, a difficulty in everyone's life whether it's the coronavirus now or it's you know, divorce, or it's mental health, or it's physical health, or it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're you've no money, or you're in a different, you're in a difficult financial situation. Everyone has a, a crisis of their own going along. This just seems to be at the moment we're all unified across one crisis, right? Um, and so we're responding to that crisis um, with uh, our thoughts, and it is our thoughts that are responding to the crisis, and those thoughts are are manifesting emotions within our body that's causing us to feel a certain way and then we behave a certain way so it's important for 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 us to understand that the thoughts are creating the feelings the emotions are creating the actions and the behavior and then there's this whole cycle of back into the thoughts again yeah so it's important to understand that that whole process and that's a dangerous position to be in too when you've conditioned yourself to just see the bad in everything condition of the mind yeah you have you have seen that um you know it's a it's a mindset that's fixed on a certain way of looking at the world mm-hmm. and um if you there you know if you if you if you think everything is fixed and nothing you can do can change it well then you're stuck right so you have right. to get to a point where you say to yourself and and i always say this to people how do you get out of that way of thinking you actually start to live in the present and you start to become um the secret of the being in present is awareness yes yes you start to become aware literally of that you have thoughts that are negative and that you uh, that these thoughts are 
creating these feelings, these feelings are creating these actions. And once you become aware of that, you start to realize that I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my mind, very much like you're not your heart or your legs or your limbs. Mm -hmm. You're a bigger essence um, of than, than that. And so that starts the transition, but it all starts with being present and being aware of what you're thinking and the, the, the effect your thinking has on the feelings you have. Yeah. And you can always come out of your thinking head and back into awareness. It takes, it's like, it's like everything. It takes practice. It's a work in progress. It's definitely a work in progress because, you know, we may wake up in the morning and say, this is what I have to do in my day, X, Y, and Z. And once you plan your day out, as we talked about before, that's one thing. But to say, okay, it's nine o'clock in the morning now, and you're already thinking about five o'clock in the evening, you've erased so much of your day instead of just trying to take the day as it comes and live in that moment. Correct. I think the challenge for us all is is planning for the future but living in the present. Right. And that's the biggest challenge is that how do we transition from, you know, it's important to plan for what's what's going to what's going what your future what the future you want to be. Right. Um, it's healthy to uh, visualize how you want that future to be. It's not healthy to be uh, living in the future. That's a very um, ego-driven uh, mentality to want to predict what's happening. Uh, well, because you can't predict be... it. You have to, you can't. Well, the thing about it is, is that when you start to, um, you know, a lot of people ask me in terms of, you know, what's it like to be in the present? I don't like the present, so I don't want to be in it. And I'm right. Saying, well, that's not, what, that's not what the presence is about. The presence mm -hmm. is, about, uh, is about accepting where you are and it's not liking it uh, it's saying this is where I am and being honest with yourself about where you are you may not be honest with everybody else but right if you're thinking negative thoughts or you're depressed or say listen I am I am depressed um, it's I okay to admit depression. that that's healthy isn't it that's absolutely you acceptance is yeah accepting your, it's like you're accepting yourself if you're um, overweight if you're underweight if you're um, whatever your perception of yourself is that you accept that and then from that place of acceptance you start to move forward mm -hmm. uh, with what are the things that you can do that can make that your situation that little bit better uh, but if you're trying to move on to a place that's not real then the next step is will never happen right uh, but if you're if you're projecting into the future there are serious numbers of what's called cognitive, our mind distorts the future. So mm -hmm. it's called cognitive distortion, distortion in psychology, or what I call mental thinking traps. We tend to go into these mental thinking traps, and we have a go-to. So when we go into the future, we tend to catastrophize things. So everything tends to be a catastrophe. Yeah. We, very, tend to, we very, very seldom tend to go into the future and imagine it the most amazing things happening for us. We tend, our mind likes to be in, you know, control. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it wants to think about what could possibly go wrong in all these different situations. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we try to predict the end of coronavirus, what happens if it's going to happen, what's going to happen, you know. People want a hard date. They want to know when they can go back out and live their life. And they want, because there's the unknown, if everybody, if they said, okay, well, May 16th, everything's going to be all done and over with, then people could almost like breathe a sigh of relief because they almost have that closure, that answer, that mental date in their mind where they feel they can move forward. And that's the tragedy of the problem is because it's projecting into a future the fact that I can live my life on the 16th of May. When they should and be living their life right now. That's it. Exactly. So... You will, you will find the fact that if you are constantly projecting into the future, that you're actually not existing. Yeah. Um, you're not living your life. So you are existing, but you're actually not living your life as today. And because today is the only chance you actually have to live. Um, right. You can't take it back. You can't take tomorrow back. And you can't, you know, um, you know, when you get to tomorrow, that's the present. Everything is always in the present. But the, the mind wants to take you out of the present. It wants mm -hmm. to think about when you get in the present and you think, you know, okay, I'm present now. I'm, I'm you know, I'm being present. I'm listening to, we're present here. I'm right. listening to you. You're listening to me. We're having a conversation. We're not wandering off thinking, you know, oh, what am I going to do for my, uh, you know, my lunch today or what's going to happen tomorrow? We're very much in this present moment because mm -hmm. this is how we are corresponding. Um, but 
if you decide then to wander off into the, into the future or into the past, you your mind wants to try and you know come up with some scenario that could happen, but it tries to come up with a solution to those things. But those solutions are um, they're not predetermined yet. They're they're illusions because. Yeah. When you're in the present and you're fighting a, a difficulty in the present, you have a different relationship with it. So if you are trying to imagine what it's going to be like if you are you, you get to that point where you are homeless because of coronavirus and you've no job and you've no money and you've worked this scenario up in, in your head for the future that you are now on the side of the street. If you've worked that solution up in your head, you've come up with no really concrete way of dealing with but if you were in that situation today, your ability to, to deal with that is very different than it would be in your head. Right. So I always say to people, don't be thinking of what could go wrong and what could go right. Be in the present. Plan the fact that, um, you know, if you're in a financial situation today, which many people around the world are, is yeah. really be honest with yourself and, you know, what, what is the financial situation? Sit down with yourself, like I had to do with my bank back in um, in 2015. Mm -hmm. I had to sit down and say, listen, this is, you know, this is where I am. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. Uh, and, and don't be afraid of that. But a lot of fear comes with being honest about our true situation. Right. We don't like to really be open up to, um, to, to people that were struggling or were not able to cope. So well, that's this, ego and pride too, isn't it though? Absolutely, pride is, and that's where ego should sit. You know, yeah. our ego is present when we feel the fact that uh, we can't share with somebody else saying, I'm struggling today financially. Mm -hmm. uh, but understanding what, what is that finances, or I'm struggling with isolation because I really depends on social connection and, and, uh, and being out there. Whatever comes up as we are isolating um, and where I am in Spain, which is a, a bad place, um, you know, for the coronavirus. Is yeah. That we're in week three of our lockdown. So I had to choose in terms of I'm not allowing what's going on around me to decide, you know, how I feel about everything, how I feel about my life. So I chose to sit down and read more books. Um, mm -hmm. This this broadcast has come about because of the coronavirus. Right. Um, you know, you see so many celebrities getting on and singing and, and and a lot of people are doing things for the very first time that they've never done. They're getting to know their family, they're having conferences with their, their friends that they've never yeah. had about stuff before. So there is a positiveness that comes into it. But if you're in a place where the coronavirus is the enemy, like any difficulty is the enemy, yeah. what I say what is what you resist will persist. You know, you mm -hmm. will never get to a place of peace. So it is coming back to the present and saying you know i have to accept this situation for it is know what you're accepting in terms of you know know all of the things that you're accepting in this situation and say well now let me try and come up with a plan mm -hmm. in the present awareness of the plan not thinking about this the different scenarios that could happen but in terms of what am i going to do to get me to the next step um, worry comes from and comes from overthinking we're thinking about yes. the negative things that could happen and then we get worried oh absolutely um, that's one of the biggest obstacles that i still have to overcome is i am a huge overthinker constantly yeah. trying to figure out every possible scenario how it could play out instead of just kind of allowing it to go with and play out or even taking something somebody said and over analyzing it and, and that's the mental traps and yes. you find the fact that if you then the fact that you're now aware of that uh, means that the next time that shows up you can say ah there you are now i recently just did that to, somebody now i i know who you are <laughs> yeah because it's yeah, like i see you <laughs> yeah i see you i see what's happening here you're taking me on this loop yeah and i've been on this merry-go-round before and I haven't been able to get off it. But yeah. hey, hey, Buster, I've got you. Uh, <laughs> I I've got the, the goods on you. I recognize and, it. I reckon, and that awareness, once you, once you become aware of a situation, a mental situation or a mm -hmm. mental stream of thinking you have, um, you can, you can, it, it fades once you, be, once you recognize, because when you recognize something, um, you shine a light on it and you shine a light on anything 
the the darkness fades around it. Yeah. It's the same once you once you start saying to people, look, you know, I'm suffering at the moment, you sort of ease the burden on yourself because you give a light to yourself mm-hmm. that didn't exist before. That's why it's important that anyone suffering with mental health issues at this present moment, talk to someone about how you're feeling. Don't allow the ego part of yourself, which is how you have identified with or how you, you like to show to the world that I'm strong and I'm courageous and that say look I'm struggling at this moment of time and be honest about and accept that I am struggling and you will find peace and ease with that yeah uh, because you then through that acceptance you're no longer resisting what's happening and once you're not resisting acceptance happens and then you start to see a way forward you start to see a way forward it's like when I wrote my first book I started off and um, I remember going to this book club and um, this book seminar and how to write a book and it was like oh how do I how do I write this book and the first thing they said was you know get it down then get it right yeah so I started saying I'm not going to think about a book that's finished I'm going to think about how do I write this line this chapter then the next instead of next. just and jumping to the end and saying this is how I want to end it yeah and you will get to the end when some people when they write something or they start something they have an idea of how it should end they have an idea how it should start I didn't Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew the fact that is that I had the book name given to me and the book t- chapters were given to me. Um, and so I had to say, well, how do I explain that? And how do I end it? And it, you will come to a point where you think, you know, this is enough. I, it reminded me many, many, many years ago when I went, I opened up a business in, in Dublin, Ireland in, when I was 24. It was the middle of my depression. I thought I was going to be... You know, I'm going to have one of these stores, very ego-driven yep. uh, ideas. I was I'm going to have one of these stores in every city in the world. It's a nice um, thought. The, the idea was, yeah, and I was 24. I was, you know, hitting the, the, the streets of the world. Very ambitious. And, uh, very ambitious. I just come back from the States. I okay. Was, I spent a year, two years in, in, in Sacramento and a year in New York and um, a year in, in, in Michigan. So I came back with all great ideas and various different things. So... And I remember going to um, a florist course because we were going to start selling flowers. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, well, I need to understand how to make arrangements. So I went to this course and it was about putting all these flowers into uh, this oasis to make an arrangement. And so we were kept putting all the flowers in and, you know, making it all gorgeous. And so mine looked pretty lovely. And everyone else's, I'm saying, well, theirs don't look as nice as mine. Again, very ego thing. <laughs> and um, the florist trainer said, now I want everyone to turn their their oasis upside down. So I turned my, held the bottom of the, the, uh, the, the arrangement mm-hmm. and turned it upside down. Most of my flowers fell out because I had over put in, I put too many flowers in and I had, I had you know, I had attacked the oasis too many different times. And yep. when I was writing the book, I was... It was. It's about the same thing. The fact it is that sometimes we try to put too much effort into trying to make things better. So we, we almost trying to make them perfect. Yes, and we try to make. Uh, this is. I'm going to do more and more and more and more. So we mm-hmm. do a lot of efforting. So we think the fact that good things come out if you put a lot of work into it, but that's not necessarily the case. You do have to put the work in. But the work you do has to come from a place of authenticity. It has to come from a place of understanding and, and knowing that this is the right way to go. And I, I go back to when I set my business out in, in the islands here is that it came from a place of ego and it came from a place of mm-hmm. um, not originality. And so I had to find that out myself. And so it is, it is, it is a challenging time um, that we're at at the moment. Um, but as I say to, you know, most things is everything does pass and this will pass and that most people have been through difficult times in their life. Um, but, and they've got through them. And also the fact that is that this, you know, if you're in a place where you thought your life was bad, you know, three months ago, yep. and now you can look back and say, actually, that was quite good because there are certain things that we took up for granted, like our freedom. Exactly. Uh, we didn't have a value on freedom. But now we do have a value in freedom that's different than what we had before. That's so true. And I think what people get lost in translation with this, too, is that we are also at a time where you and I are allowed to have this conversation, you know, via the web. And before that wouldn't have been possible. So instead of focusing on 
all the things that can't be done if you just focus on all the things you can do, like even if you have friends who are out of state and you video chat with them, you catch up with them on the phone, it can also help break up what you feel like you're going through as well. Uh, absolutely. I think the, um, again, it goes back to that mindset. If, you're, mm-hmm. if your attention, if your attention is on what's being taken away from you, uh, which a lot of times people are. It's, it's yeah, it's their main focus on what they don't have. Yes, it's taken. And when you focus on what's being taken away, you're only going to, those thoughts related to that are going to be your liberty, your freedom. Mm-hmm. I can't do this and I can't do this. And that's a very negative uh, set of thoughts to have. Those thoughts and those negative thoughts can only result in feeling frustrated, yep. feeling angry. Um, and so that anger and that frustration is how you feel about this situation. Mm-hmm. But that, those feelings uh, are only attributed to the thoughts that you're having about it. We, the, the, there's this, um, you know, neuroscience now has proven the fact that only a portion of how we feel about something is based on the facts of what's happening. Right. The rest of it is our response to it. And our response to situations tend to be a lot about the content that we've experienced in our life. How has our brain processed the information? Treating past issues and present issues. Correct. We look, we, we, you know, if we think about things, the fact that everything that comes to us in, in life from the time we were born is information. It's our date, our senses, our five senses, even our sixth sense picks up this data and our mind, who's an instrument, converts that data into a meaning. And so we take that meaning through our life, depending on, you know, if someone says to you at an early age, you can't do this or you can't do that or you don't look like this and you don't look like that. One of the big things for me was rejection. Yeah. Uh, Because I rejected myself at a very young age. I then felt I I externalized all that rejection to everybody else. So when I started growing up as a young adult and people would disagree with me, I took that as rejection. That's the meaning that my mind gave to this the interaction and so i would then reject them back um and so you have to understand the fact that what's coming into you is information it's data what i call data right and then our mind brings a meaning to that data depending on what's gone on in the past um but and then of course we respond to that situation so we respond to the coronavirus based on the meaning we're giving to it. So it's not so much the virus. So what does the virus mean to me in my life? Does it mean the fact that I'm, I'm afraid of getting it? Or does it mean more so that I'm not afraid of myself because I'm not particularly in a, in a health risk category, but I'm more concerned about my livelihood or I'm, I'm concerned about the fact that is that I have to isolate for this amount of time, which I can't socialize. What does the virus and this pandemic mean to me? Yep. Um, you know, it has has different meanings to different people. Yes, exactly. And so, and so res- how we respond to that, we're actually responding to what the virus means to us as opposed to the virus itself. Uh, it's like everything, you know, what does, you know, having no money mean to me because that has a different meaning. And understanding that and understanding that how I respond to this situation with the thoughts I have mm-hmm. um, and the, the feelings I have. So when you have the thoughts, the fact that is that, the, the, you're, you're in this stream. And I always say to people the fact that can you imagine if you start off with, with one thought, think of that as a car at the top of a hill. Yeah. And you start off, that's one thought. The car started, now starts to roll. And so within it rolling down probably two to three feet, you probably could stop it. Yep. When it gets to the bottom, it's going to run you over. So a thought starts off with one one thought. And thoughts are just ideas and opinions and views of the world. That's all they are. They're actually not necessarily right or wrong. Uh, they're just data and views, opinions that we've collectively. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if you allow them to build and build and build and build, and it starts off with a place of uh, lack or I can't have and nothing is working, it's going to build to more of the same it's not going to move into the world is wonderful and everything is okay um you have to you have to then stop the thoughts where they are and how you stop a thought is you become aware of it and you bring yourself back into the present yeah you 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 bring yourself into this present moment and what that really means is the fact that you start to be aware of um i often you know how i bring myself back into the present because we all our mind wants to go 
into different places. It's like having a pair of legs. Um, I say this to people. It's like having a pair of legs that have their own, you know, their own ability to move about. Yeah. Um, and so they say to you, well, actually, we're going down here today or we're going over here today. I'm saying, actually, no, we're going to stay here. We have to have that same influence with our mind. We say, actually, I'm not going to choose those thoughts today because I know those thoughts have an impact on me. But our mind wants to go there. So if we decide to take our mind, we t- the best way to get our mind back into the present is to actually to breathe, to take a deep breath mm-hmm. and take three deep breaths to inhale through our nose, exhale through our mouth and do it three times. Now, after that, what happens is our mind says, OK, let's get back to what we were thinking about. So we were thinking about, you know, how life is going to be horrible in the future. How I got rejected. Yeah, let's get back to that scenario because that movie, you know, we were involved in, we were engrossed in that movie. Yeah. We were an actor, we were the star of that movie. So let's yeah. get back to it because it doesn't like to be in the present because in the present, it doesn't, thinking doesn't happen. When you're in the present, you're aware of what's going on. And so a good way to understand how to bring yourself back to aware is, is, is actually either stay, but is to give your attention to your hands, focus on your hands and say, actually, can I feel my hands? Uh, and anyone listening is a good exercise even to do at this moment. Mm-hmm. And this is an exercise I got from a spiritual teacher called Eckhart Tolle. Um, and, and he says, you know, to bring yourself back into, and it's something I use all of the time mm-hmm. to bring myself out of thinking back into awareness, into the present moment is, is to touch your hand. And if you start to feel your hand, you can actually feel the awareness and the liveliness, that, the energy that's in your hand. And you start doing that back through your body. You start feeling your breathe, your breath, your breathing. You start feeling your heart beating. You start feeling your legs. You start realizing that I am a, a live being. And now you're back in the present. Um, and then you give your attention. I think I did a thing on social media there last week about washing your hands. Yep. It's a great exercise to practice being present because um, your mind will want to pull you out of it. So when you're when we have to wash our hands. Um, so many times a day and you know when we're going out and um, is that during that 20 seconds just notice the senses how the soap feels how the water feels how your hand feels just be aware of what you're doing when you're cooking in the kitchen be present notice how you're cooking you know if you go out and you're looking at your garden notice the plants notice the greenery notice the flowers notice the sun be aware of what's around you and that will fill you up and it keeps you then from overthinking then when you just think you need to think about okay well what am i going to do tomorrow about x and y then you think about what am i going to do about x and y but then you come back into the present yeah you don't, you don't start to think about it come up with a solution then come back and then say actually maybe if i go back there and rearrange it again i think about a different solution um think about it then come back out and in the present and that's you know that's so important it really is because you know, so often we just want to have that control and predict that perfect outcome. And then when things kind of take a turn and the ro- and there's that fork in the road, that unexpected thing that you don't really plan on, you can either choose to say, this happened for a reason, this is a good thing, or you just completely let it deter you and just go all over the place and say okay this isn't what i expected yeah i think everything all through life and it's the same for for everybody you know stuff happens yeah you You can't control that things are going to come up things are going to happen for everybody um good and bad and so you have to understand that this the things that are happening are not personal and happy just to you uh but you have a choice in how you respond to those things um, and how you respond to those determines on how long you are stuck in this uh, engagement with this difficulty. Mm-hmm. So the longer you are resistant to it, the longer that you are denying it, um, when things happen to you, you're going to do one of three things. You're going to reject it, yep. you're going to ignore it, or you're going to accept and embrace it. They're the three things that you're going to do. Now, I know in my life, I've done all of them. I've rejected a lot of times. I've right. ignored it. You know, when something comes in, you know, I remember that time when the, the you know, the bank was calling me and I I could see the, my, I could see, you know, it coming up on my phone. And it's just like, okay, I don't want to deal with that right now. I, I was, I was, I was ignoring it. I'm, you know, two steps away from running into the sea and killing, killing myself. I don't need you hassling me. Uh, so 
but the, the 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 by me not dealing with that what i was doing was still creating this illusion of everything going wrong and so i was rejecting that and i was i was ignoring it um, and as opposed to just accepting that this is where i am and allow myself to to try to deal with my situation in the best way i can as opposed to being in my head yeah. when you are in the present you can deal with every situation and no situation is as ever as bad in the present as it is in your head it's never as bad yeah. nothing is ever as bad as what you thought it would be um you know we are great you know we all are oscar winning performances <laughs> by how we think about our life in our head mm-hmm. um you know and so it is important to uh, to know the fact that uh, when difficult things, am I ignoring this situation or am I rejecting it or am I going to accept that this situation? I think people have to understand as well that acceptance is not about liking it. Um, and um, it's like it's, people have sometimes struggle with the word acceptance and right. forgiveness. They think, you know, when you forgive something or somebody that you're... Um, you know, that you're, you're almost them. saying that their behavior, the way they treated you was okay. Well, Exactly. And yeah. it's not. You're saying, I'm forgiving you because I am looking, forgiveness for me is looking through mm-hmm. this situation for me. It's almost like releasing the poison. Moving, I'm moving forward. And it's the same with acceptance. Acceptance is that I accept that this is happening. Yeah. And not that I like it happening, so I don't want this this, this virus to be in the world, but I accept that it is in the world. So now how do I move forward with this situation for that can allow me to progress in my life because this too will pass and this situation maybe the coronavirus the difficulty in my life maybe the coronavirus today three months ago i'm sure it probably was something else six months to go there'll be something else yeah um you know depending on how the, the, the extreme the difficulty is uh we tend to react the same way uh, as opposed to saying well how I respond to this in terms of the thinking about it. So I'll have, I, ha- I will have a thinking that says, things will always happen to me, but I have a now have a way of responding to them that doesn't allow me to be uh, stuck in feeling, uh, being stuck in an emotional, um, you know, abyss about this difficult situation. Because once you start to allow your emotions of frustration, anger, be your companion, you become that angry person, you become yeah. that fearful person. You become that worrisome person and then everything that happens you worry about it uh, because you start to identify with being a worried person your ego now starts to real well you're a worried person you're a fearful person you're an angry person so therefore you start to identify with things that are like that um, and so you have to, um, to take a step back and you know from yourself take some deep breaths and realize the fact that is that you're not what's happening to you I think one of the greatest things that I've learned is that is that um, this whole myth, the fact that is that we think that if we had what's missing in our life, in our life, that our life would be perfect. And when you get that, that's not always the case. It's not many it's of the times. The yeah. It's never. If I had the lover, if I had more money, if I had the new job, if, if I, I had, had the perfect marriage, house, if I had the perfect, you know, smile, if I had the perfect boyfriend, if I had the perfect anything, then my life correct. wouldn't need anything else. Correct. And that's the ego. Yeah. That's our, that's our self thinking because our ego always wants more. Right. It's always focused on wanting more and wanting more and needing more because it has to satisfy itself. Um, it never looks at what it has. It always wants more and more and more. And once it gets it, there's it always more. Instead it of just next, having it wants the next thing, the next thing, right? Next thing, and just have instead of just having the appreciation and saying, you know what? Wow, I have the best life I can have at the moment right now. Yes, I, I think that's that, that's the starting point. And it's yeah. not looking, um, it's not looking outwardly at other people's life and saying. I wish I had that or they they seem to have a lovely life or that appears to be great if I had that in my life I'd be happy everyone is struggling in their own yeah environment I always refer to things like that as window dressing yeah absolutely and that's the that's the, the, the detrimental thing of social media because mm-hmm. a lot of people curate their social media posts so it looks as if they have an amazing life yeah I have some friends I have some friends and all of their images and photographs are all curated 
Um, and but at a time I would look and say, my God, they're so they look so happy and so successful. And and then I enter. Well, why am I like that? Why am I successful? I'm happy <laughs> and doing all those things because I'm looking at their life from the outside and I'm looking at my life from the inside out. Yeah. So if they could. Sh- show me their inside and then I said well actually yeah you're struggling just as much as I am mate mate uh, yeah and you know and so we do have to uh, learn to not to look at those things as anything other than information but we tend to look at it in terms of you know comparing ourselves which again is a very much an ego thing um, mm-hmm. in terms of we want to compare ourselves because we want to feel superior am I superior to that we want to feel on the same level yeah, well, then I'm going to find somebody else that I can superior. Yeah. Right? Or else I will say to them, well, they may look they may look gorgeous, but, you know, they've no personality or they've no empathy or they don't have nice friends. We'll always try to take them down in some shape or form mm-hmm. because we need to build ourselves up. Uh, but that they're just ways that we try to uh, feed our own self. Mm-hmm. And when we, get, when we get rid of all of that, um, you know, we find that, it makes no difference what other people have or what they don't have. What's important is the fact that it's how you, the relationship you have with what you have. And we all have enough. Yep. Um, but sometimes we are so focused on having more that we don't realize that we do actually have enough. Um, you know, the amount of people, like this whole thing about total role, this, uh, through this whole <laughs> scenario, of uh, the whole thing about total role, um, and, you know, it's just- I still don't know what that's about. <laughs> There are people out there who have will have will not need to buy Toro Roll for the rest of the next two years. Yeah, they bought so much for sure. Um, and uh, and I was very conscious of that thing. If if you fact that you need if you think that you need more and more and more, um, you're buying into um, you know a false sense of who you are. Yeah, you have enough. You have enough today to be and in this present moment, and that's where your focus is. Is what do you have in this moment? Because this is the only moment you have. If you think that you don't have enough. It means the fact that is that you're projecting out past this moment, and, and that's that's that's, that's, a, that's a, a non-healthy place to be, uh, especially today. Exactly, Michael. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about this. And why don't you tell me when your new book is coming out? So it's probably going to come at the end of this year. Okay, um, awesome. So becoming you, um, I have. It's, um, it's, it's, it's really helping people to it's sort of follow on in my other two books, yep. Getting Beyond What Is, um, Is Your Mind, Lift Your Spirit. It's sort of it's a follow on for those who are coming along with me on my journey in terms mm-hmm. of the fact that I have now become you know a different person because of the work that I've done. And so I share that in this book in terms of how do you become uh, this better, better version of yourself that already exists i suppose that's the wrong way of saying how do you become but how do you tap into the better version of you that exists today yeah it already is there it's just it's it's just waiting for you to to connect with it um it's waiting for you to uh, love it times yeah it just it's waiting for you to connect to it yeah and when you connect to it then you're you know you you realize that life looks a lot different and that takes time for people uh but to be kind to yourself to be kind to your situation and find something um, in today that you know brings peace to you, and that brings that something that you haven't you know struggled to do. Um, you know, do a scrapbook. Yeah. Do things that fact it is that will give you some sense of control. Because if you say, "Well, I'm going to do a scrapbook," that's something you can control. Bring yep. things if you're struggling with control. Bring things in your into your day that you can control. Paint your house. Paint the inside. I um, did that a few days ago. I found some painting canvases, some old ones, in my house, and I said, "You know what? I'm going to do this as a project." I painted them all black. And then I took some song lyrics that meant something to me and I wrote them on there and just hung them around my house. And that's, but the, the, the thing we think is, is, and you probably got great enjoyment out of that. I did. There was a great sense of peace. And um, we sometimes we, we look at things in terms of what's the purpose of doing that? Because we're looking at the outcome. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to saying, well, it's in the doing, it's in, it's in the enjoyment of, of sitting down, you know, Right, starting starting writing a book or what I used to do is watercolors and write out affirmations um, and it 
wasn't to get to an outcome. It was the fact that the enjoyment of being in the present. Um, I started baking cakes and things like that. It wasn't for the, the outcome of the cake. It was actually yeah. for the fun of actually the baking. Exactly. And, and seeing what it turned out. Seeing if I put all these things together, what did it turn out like? It, it turned out sometimes it turned like a mess and sometimes it didn't. But I think that's what people need to start to do mm-hmm. is to... Um, be more present and that's what becoming you is a little bit about awesome and you can get your books on amazon you can get them on amazon and some bookstores sell them but yeah book them or you can google my name on google and it has a link to our my my website as well as well as there okay and we can also follow you on twitter as well right you can follow me on twitter under uh, at michael nolte aut aut and then on Facebook, it's Michael Nolte Author, Instagram, Michael Nolte Author, and LinkedIn, Michael Nolte. So I'm across those main platforms, and I'm, you know, I engage people. So if anyone is struggling and listening to this today, you know, message me uh, on those private platforms. I try to respond to people uh, or email me, which is michael at michaelnulteauthor.com, uh, and I will try and respond to you in, in, in any way I can. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. Guys, I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I did. Hopefully you got something from it. You know, just because you are in a situation right now that you don't want to be in, I'm here to let you know that there is a way out. There is a light and you're really not alone. Thanks guys so much. Follow me on Twitter at Sporty Diva. You can follow me on Instagram at Pamela underscore Michelle five and also the show at Pamela Michelle show and Pamela Michelle show.com. So we're going to have some fun things going on there. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Sweet Treat Lingerie. Thanks to Twyla and the crew. I really appreciate the support that you all have given me throughout the years. Follow them on Twitter at ST underscore lingerie and, of course, on Insta at Sweet Treat Lingerie. Same thing for their website, sweettreatlingerie.com. I really enjoyed this. Thank you guys so much. And we're going to be back with some fun tips on how to get some Easter fun out of your quarantine on the next show. Have a great day and take care, guys.